Welcome to the Heme Consult Podcast, a weekly inspiration infusion for women of color and hematology. Dear woman of color and hematology, Heme Consults is your personal space to rest, recharge, and renew your spirit with a weekly infusion of inspiration from hematologist Dr. Toyasi Anwemena. Every Sunday, Dr. Anwemena will remind you that you are a superstar and have everything you need to succeed in your incredible career as a hematologist. Welcome to the Hematology Sisterhood that will transform your world. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Heme Consoles podcast. I am your host, JSE Anwemena, hematologist, physician scientist, educator, entrepreneur, and encourager. And today's episode is called Create Your Tribe. I'm excited about this episode too. <laughs> and maybe I can, I can spread the infectious joy to you. But before I do that, I do want to share with you that the theme scripture for today's episode is 1 Samuel 22, verse 2. And I want to encourage you, oh woman of color in hematology, that you don't have to accept the default settings of your environment. You are 100% absolutely uniquely you, and you do not have to accept the default settings of your environment. You have come from diverse backgrounds. You've had different experiences and the people who occupy spaces with you. And frankly, you're not expected to be exactly like them. And so what if you've even had the same experiences, you've experienced it personally differently from what they have. So you came through residency, they came through residency, but you had a different experience likely than they did. Or you came through fellowship, they came through fellowship, but you had a different experience from them. And so whatever the default settings are that support them, whoever them is, I just want you to recognize that you don't have to accept them as your default settings because you are unique you are awesome, you are amazing, and you don't have to do exactly what everybody else is doing. And so I just want to encourage you, oh woman of color in hematology, that you are 100% uniquely you, and you can create your own default settings that are tailored exactly to you. And some of that we're going to talk about in today's podcast episode. So let's turn to the episode, which is called Create Your Tribe. And I want to start by sharing just a general story about my early career experience. See, I am a community builder and a covering people pleaser. But I'm always, in growing up, I was the person who was always taking the temperature of the room to figure out, is everybody happy? Is everybody okay? Are we getting along? Are we fine? And if I detected that there was conflict in the room or conflict in my environment, I was one of those harmonizers. I would be working very hard to diffuse the conflict and to make sure everybody was on the same page and everyone was doing okay. And so it's a really good tool. It's a really good skill to have if you are a person who builds community But it can be very difficult if you're trying to lead a career, trying to get the feel of the room before you decide how you move forward. And so that was a challenging space for me. And how that showed up for me as a challenge in my faculty career was that I started to host these meetings and 
a group of faculty would come to these meetings and we would just talk about our goals. We held these meetings about once monthly. And I was trying so hard to make sure everybody had their say and made sure everybody got to say what their goals were, what their plans were, make sure that we were supporting each other. And we would sometimes get to this particular person who would start just talking about their whole life story. And we would only have like maybe an hour, an hour, 15 minutes for the meeting. And this person would literally take up 20 to 30 minutes. And there was like maybe four or five of us at this meeting. And this person would literally take up the whole time talking about this happened with this family member and then this happened and then this happened. And it really would go on and on and on. And I, being the person who was trying so hard to just make peace and make sure everybody got to say their say, I would be the last usually. And then by the time we got to me, it was like, oh, it's two minutes to time and we don't have much time to see what's going on with you. (laughs) And I really did feel frustrated by this arrangement because I really did want everybody to win, but I didn't want to not win. And I think I was finding that in these experiences, especially when this particular person was around, I just didn't get to share and receive feedback from the group. And this went on for actually quite some time. But, you know, again, recovering people pleaser. I wanted to make sure everybody was happy. And as long as other people were getting something out of it, I would keep going with it. But I clearly was not satisfied with the way things were going. Clearly, the outcome was not in my favor. Anyway, as I started to do work, and I've talked a lot about the work that I've done over the course of my career, including coaching, whether that's group coaching experiences or individual coaching experiences, I started to really get clear on what I needed. And in fact, I moved from a model where I was having monthly goals to where I actually had weekly and daily goals, which were actually more achievable, more sustainable, more predictable. And having gone through the faculty success program, I had established an accountability group. And this was a group in which we met once a week and we would share with each other our successes, our challenges, and we would challenge each other to our goals. Like whatever we said we wanted to accomplish, we would get together again and say, hey, did you accomplish it? And what happened? Why didn't you? So, I mean, it was a really great peer mentoring relationship that we still continue to this day as alumni of the program. So as that piece of my experience started growing, this other piece started to shrink because I recognized that in the space where I was with these other faculty who, by the way, were outside of my institution, I was getting a lot more in that space. We would have an hour. Each person had 15 minutes. There was a timer involved. And when the 15 minutes were up, we would make sure we moved to the next person. So it was kind of like a commitment in that space to hearing everybody's voices, everybody's thoughts. I know what's one thing that's really interesting about this, this group, what I'm going to call a tribe that we had, is that they are all in different spaces. So we had in our group a person who was a, a dentist. We had in our group someone who was a theater faculty member. We had another person in our group who was an education. So completely different disciplines. We're completely just from different institutions across the country, and yet we were able to come together in this shared mentoring space to encourage each other and encourage each other meaningfully. And me, as a hematologist in the space of non-hematologists, was able to get the support that I needed. And so really, as that space started expanding, the other space became less useful to me. 
And I continued it for some time because I told you I'm a recovering people pleaser, apart from all the work I've been doing. And I finally got to a space where I was like, you know what? This relationship works for other people, but it's not working for me. And I finally got to a space where I was like, I'm I'm no longer organizing this. And I didn't say it explicitly. It's like, if you want to meet, you can, but I'm no longer going to do this. Because part of my involvement in this thing that wasn't working for me was that I was the one scheduling meetings. I was the one making sure people could come. I was the one reminding people. I was doing a lot of work for not much personal benefit. And then contrast it to this other group where... Honestly, we were all committed to this outcome. We're like, we want to succeed. I want to succeed. I want to see you succeed. And we were holding each other accountable and we were showing up without anybody having to beg and twist and turn and whine and dine, right? We were just showing up and holding each other accountable. And it's really been a really wonderful experience. And it's been wonderful. We, we meet every week. We celebrate each other's celebrations, which is so awesome because sometimes in academic medicine, you get so lost in the weeds of what's not working, you forget all the things that are actually working. And so it's awesome. I, I think I'll actually shout out my, my troop, which right now is LaDonna and Wanda and Marissa. And they just, they're just a phenomenal group of faculty who are doing amazing things and they inspire me. For example, Wanda, who is a dentist in the group, is an amazing grant writer. She just churns those grants out and she gets them funded. I don't know how she does it, but she does it. And because she does it, then it inspires me to get it done. LaDonna is just, she's a committed and dedicated writer. She's a person who's just, she writes and her writing is so beautiful and it's so powerful. Once she shared, I mean, she, she's in theater and she shared her work and I'm not in theater, but it was so powerful. And, and so she's one of those people who inspires me in my writing. Marissa inspires me by her hacks. And so she's got some good productivity hacks and so I learned from her the principle of outlining before you draft, before you edit. <laughs> and I know that sounds simple and most of you already know that, but it was a revelation for me because I would just start a paper and I would try to like draft it all the way through to the end. But she was like, no, you outline first and then you draft and then you edit. And that just really was transformational for me. Another thing I learned from Marissa is that she would use meetings with mentees to accomplish work. So she would say, bring the paper to the meeting and we're going to work on this and I'm going to give you feedback. And at the end of that meeting, you have the feedback you need so that there is no sending me an email and then I'm working on your paper in the middle of the night. We're going to meet. We're going to work on your paper. And that's something I do a lot of now where I meet with my mentees and it's a working meeting. I'm like, don't send me that paper. We're going to review it together. We're going to review it. I'm going to give you feedback and then you go work on it. And so those are things that I learned from this new tribe that really came out of this other career development program that I attended, but really has stayed and become a fundamental piece of my experience as an academic. And so it's been a really important relationship and I share it with you to to bring up some lessons around creating your own tribe. All right, so what are those lessons? Lesson number one, is that the problem with default systems is that they're not tailor-made for you. And while that may seem really obvious to you, it's like, well, of course it's not tailor-made to me, for me, because I wasn't here when it was created. And that is exactly the point. If you were not there at the time the system was formed, at the time things were brought together and things were created, 
then you were not the person they had in mind when the systems were created. And this is not necessarily something to be upset about because a lot of things in life are like that, right? I mean, there's, you know, the system of government that we have in our country was established before you were born. You came and you just kind of became immersed into it without really necessarily making a choice. Or even let's go to the system of your family. Your family already kind of had a culture before you were born and you just came and you existed in the space of that culture. And so, yes, your space and your career in academic hematology or your career in academic medicine as a hematologist or maybe you're in private practice feels similar because it was an existing system before you got there. And so it's a default system. Maybe it's changed over time, but it's a system that wasn't tailor-made with you in mind. And that's important for you to recognize that because when you recognize that the system was not tailor-made for me, then you get to ask the question, do I accept the system as is? This is really important. Do I accept the system as is? And that leads me to lesson number two. I was trying to adapt myself to an environment that was not tailor-made for me. And this is really important because other people were benefiting in this experience where I was the one trying to set things up and they would come and, you know, I won't tell you the background of this person who dominated the entire time, but definitely I'll tell you that this person was not an underrepresented minority in medicine. And, and in a sense, this person had gotten used in, in, in the system, had gotten used to a system that celebrated this person as the default expert or the default person who has something great to contribute. And because this person gotten used to that, in a sense, whether intentionally or unintentionally, was crowding out my ability to get benefit out of the system. And so the reason I was not comfortable was I, I kept trying to adapt myself. I was like, well, let me let me continue to support that notion of you as the most important person in the room. Let me continue to massage that notion of you being able to talk without limit. I kept trying to adapt myself to the environment that wasn't tailor-made for me. It didn't work for me. It didn't benefit me because ultimately the system wasn't made with me in mind. But I was trying so hard and the only way it could work was for me to change. But that was very hard. It was very hard because changing and adapting to the system was always going to be detrimental to me because the system wasn't created for me. All right. And then that brings me to lesson number three. Once I created or found my own tribe, wow, it all got easier. The moment I found a group of people who were like-minded, who had the same investment in me and themselves, who had the same shared goal of making advancements in their research and writing, all of a sudden, all the energy I was investing in trying to make things work that weren't working was able to be now put into just advancing myself and learning from these wonderful women who were accomplishing great things. I was able to do that because I had found a tribe of people who recognized me as having value in this new system that we had created. It was a brand new system, right? We established this group. We were founding members of this group. And so we established this group for ourselves. And we were able to establish the ground rules for ourselves. We were able to establish how we kept and managed time for ourselves. We were able to establish how we supported each other in our careers for ourselves. We were able to establish the wins that we wanted to celebrate for ourselves each week. We were able to establish that we came there to hold each other accountable because we created the system to fit 
us. And that is so important because as hematologists and as women of color in hematology, we find ourselves in many default systems and we are working so hard to adapt to systems that were not tailor-made for us. And I wanna just share that it is very hard, especially when the systems don't budge, especially when the systems don't recognize you as valuable, because if they recognize you as valuable, they would say, how can we change? How can we transform the system so it can support you? But because the system may not recognize your value, the system is asking you to change, and you are feeling the pain and the struggle of trying to make that change happen. And so from all of that, what are my calls to action? Call to action number one is stop changing yourself to suit your environment. Holy goodness, it is super hard. You've been doing it, so I don't have to tell you how hard it is. You've been trying, and holy cow, it is hard. You are trying to adapt yourself to an environment that wasn't created to support you. And it is super hard. There's a lot of energy that goes into it. You're exhausted at the end of the day and you are not successful. I just want to ask you to stop doing that. And you're like, but Teosi, if I stop doing that, what else am I going to do? I'm like, you know what? <laughs> People talk about how the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again with the same result. If it's not working, it's time to stop. I don't know what else you're going to do with your time, but just don't do that thing anymore that's not working. If it doesn't work for you, stop it. <laughs> Don't do it. Don't do it. What else can you do? Okay. That's call to action number two. Well, give your environment advice about how it can change to suit you. Okay. The environment wasn't tailor-made for you, but the environment was made so it can change. The environment has power to change. And so instead of you trying to fit yourself to the environment, say to the environment, this is what would help me succeed. I get that you like to have meetings where you can keep going for an hour without regard to everybody else around you, but I would like for you to contain your verbosity to 15 minutes. Can you do that for me? And I failed in that regard. And I don't say failing is a bad thing. Remember, failure is about prototyping. You're figuring out what doesn't work. And so in my failed prototype, what I discovered was by not setting limits, then that person had no limits and they just kept going. And so one thing that you can do is instead of trying to change yourself to adapt to your environment, which is not working, what you can do is say to your environment, hey, this is what will help me thrive. Can you do this for me? And you learn two things. You learn if your environment is an environment that's going to support you or not. The moment you ask for what you need to thrive, your environment's going to respond positively if they value you and want to support you. But if they say, oh, no, this is the way it's been. Oh, no, it's worked for 700 years. Oh, no, this institution has been around for 300 years. Oh, no, this department has been this way and it's been excellent because of X, Y, Z. Then you know that you are not valued in the way that you want to be valued. And you get to decide because what you need is information. Are you going to take that and accept it and keep trying to adapt yourself? Or are you going to say, okay, why don't I go do my own thing? Or are you going to find another home? But you get to know. And one of the ways you get to know is by challenging them to change the environment so that you can succeed, so it can suit you. And you give them the opportunity to either do that and then you both win or declare to you that maybe they don't think you're valuable. And then you want to know so you can make the right decisions for yourself. Okay, call to action number three. 
if it is not succeeding, if it's not working for you, if you ever asked, you're like, change the environment, change the environment, and they're not changing the environment, and they're not helping you, you're not advancing, it is time to gather your own people together and create your own tribe. It is time for you to stop messing around with people who are not invested in you and create your own tribe. And creating your own tribe can look like many different things. For me, in this particular regard, it looks like three to four women who meet every week to hold each other accountable to their goals, to support each other through some challenging situations in each other's lives. That's what it looks like for me. And these are women who are not at my institution. And we are happy with the confidentiality that we have in our group and with the safety that we have in our group. For you, perhaps that looks like finding like-minded people within your institution and creating a tribe within your institution. I also have a tribe within my institution. There are a handful of women of color who I call and I say, this is what happened to me. And I don't even have to explain myself. They know exactly the implication of that action. Sometimes you go to spaces where you're like, this happened to me. And they spend the whole time trying to convince you of why your perspective is wrong. And so those are the spaces that don't help you. Anyway, so what you want to do is to create your own tribe and create the space that helps you succeed. And so definitely, if it's not working for you, you want to create your own tribe. All right, that's all I have for today. I want to thank you for listening to me. If you like the episode, if you like what you're hearing, I want to ask you and invite you to please subscribe because then you get to know when the next episode is coming out. We're pretty consistent about releasing this episode every week on Sunday and it helps us when you subscribe. Better yet, share this with someone. You know someone else who may benefit from the things that we are talking about in this space. And I want to ask you if you can think of a woman of color in hematology who doesn't already know about this podcast, please share it with them. And that allows us to continue to be found and allows other people to benefit from this podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If you want to, you can continue the conversation with me at coagcoach.com. For everyone else, I would love to see you again next time. Have a great week. You go take charge of your environment. And if you can't bend your environment to your will, I want you to go and create your own new environment in which you thrive. Because you are a creator, sister. Oh, woman of color in hematology, you create amazing things. And I just ask you to go forth in this week and create what is amazing because you are an amazing creator. Have a blessed week and I will see you next time. Take care.